This is MPN. And I'm Grace. A podcast where we talk in-depth about two movies with a common theme, some trivia, and some menu items you can enjoy while having your movie marathon. Grace, what is this week's theme? This week's theme is don't let them get in your mouth. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And our movies for this week's theme are Night of the Creeps. And Slither. Uh, So Night of the Creeps uh, was released in 1986. Uh, in 1959, an alien experiment crashes to Earth and infects a fraternity member. His body is frozen, but in the modern day, two geeks pledging a fraternity accidentally thaw the corpse, which proceeds to infect the campus with parasites that transform their hosts into killer zombies. And it is uh, written and directed by Fred Decker, starring Tom Atkins as Detective Cameron, Jason Lively as Chris, Steve Marshall as JC, and Jill Whitlow as Cynthia. <laughs> and I rented this on Amazon. You own it, right? I own it, but yes, uh, I've, I've rented it on, on Amazon before, so it's only like, what, it's three like a few dollars? Yeah. yeah, totally worth the rental. Uh, and our second movie is Slither from 2006, which is available on Amazon Prime. And it is about a parasite inside a meteor crashes to Earth in the small town of Wheelsey, South Carolina. The parasite takes over the body of Grant Grant, played by Michael Rooker, and Grant then infects Brenda to breed all his slug babies, which eat her alive until she bursts. (laughs) With the slugs on the loose trying to infect and control the townspeople, it's up to police chief Bill Party, played by Nathan Fillion, Grant's wife Starla, played by Elizabeth Banks, Kylie, played by Tanya Sonnier, and Mayor Jack McCready, played by Greg Henry, to save their town. As Grant becomes more powerful and the infected fuse with his alien body, Party (laughs) stabs one of Grant's tentacles into a propane tank and Starla shoots him. Grant explodes and the remaining parasites die. Or so we think. and yeah, so the uh, I feel like the similarities between these two movies is kind of an obvious one. <laughs> they have essentially the same uh, monster that they are fighting. They are aliens uh, who uh, are in the form of slugs who uh, jump into people's mouths and and infect them <laughs> or turn turn them into sort of zombies um, and take over their brains. Uh, but there is there's a slight difference, I'd say. Slither has um, a, a little bit more of a hierarchy, I guess, in its alien slug life form. <laughs> yes, it also it, it concentrates more like with one person and kind of like comes outward, yeah. you know, and like a, the the small group of adults really that are affected and like the police are involved, the well, Wallace police in both of them, and then the other one is kind of like more teens. Uh, So we have like a police officer and a bunch of uh, teens that are infected (laughs) on, you know, one of the most important nights of the times in their lives, I guess, like (laughs) prom. Yes. There, I was, I wanted to pair these up just because the monster was so similar and and I knew that, but I feel like in terms of, well, and they're also both horror comedies, you know, uh, they very much are, there's some gross out horror in them. I'd say not a whole lot of like jump scares or that kind of horror. No, yeah. Um, but uh, but still horror movies with uh, definitely a comedic bent. 
I'd say a lot of the humor from Slither comes from just an acknowledgement of the outrageousness of the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas Night of the Creeps it maybe feels a bit more, I'd say, a, a bit of a parody humor and and character-based humor. Yes. Like, there are a lot of funny lines just, just from the characters in, in that movie. And there are, there, it's similarly in Slither, but I feel like uh, it's more just to do with them reacting to yes. the situation yeah. there. Yeah. They actually have, I feel like these two movies, even though the plot is so similar, there's a lot of other things that are, are similar about it. Like they both have a love song mm-hmm. that like runs throughout the film, which is not like a normal thing that happens like in a horror movie. Yeah. But uh, we have like Every Woman in the World by Air Supply mm-hmm. in Slither and we have Smoke It's in Your Eyes by The Platters in Night of the Creeps. Oh, yeah. And so it's like both of them are just kind of like played throughout as this important song. We also have, a, you know, a protagonist who is sort of pining for the girl in the movie who is in a relationship with kind of a jerk <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Uh, or throughout um, until, he's, until he's dead, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah, I have like lead as a cop who didn't get the girl. Yeah. <laughs> for both of them. There's also both of these, and again, not in all horror movies, but these two specifically have a lot of references to like other horror yes. movies or like horror directors and things like that. Mm-hmm. For instance, I guess we'll just list some of them. So like yeah. for like Slither, you have Mayor Jack McCready, and like McCready is the name of Kurt Russell's character in The Thing. Mm-hmm. You have Earl Bassett High School. Earl Bassett's a character from Tremors. You have the bathtub scene, uh, which is from both like Shivers and like Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Starla, uh, Elizabeth Banks, is supposed to be like this Hitchcock blonde. James Gunn is looking for like a Hitchcock blonde that like has like, you know, kind of like a grace about her and stuff like that. You have like Bradland's Ranch, which is a reference to The Brood. And like you have the Cassavettes, which is a, re- a reference to Rosemary's Baby. But there's a there's a ton of them. Yeah. Um, and then... I can go over the... The Night of the Creeps ones? <laughs> Night of the Creeps yes. ones. So we have um, pretty much all of the main characters have names uh, of famous horror or sci-fi directors. So uh, Chris Romero from George Romero, uh, James Carpenter Hooper's JC's full name, John Carpenter and uh, Toby Hooper, uh, Cynthia Cronenberg. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, Detective Ray Cameron, uh, James Cameron, Detective Landis for John Landis, and Sergeant Raimi uh, for Sam Raimi. And then Corman University is a reference to director-producer Roger Corman. I also have Plan 9 written down. Are uh, they watching Plan 9 at some point? Yes, the, the sorority house mother was watching Plan 9, and I think the sorority girl at the beginning of the movie is talking about Plan 9, so it's sort of like connecting the two, um, you know, time frames together. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to talk about, so <laughs> not to get like too deep into either of these like silly horror comedies, but <laughs> but let's. I, <laughs> I just wanted to touch on sort of the sexual politics of both movies because considering like Night of the Creeps came out during the 80s, um, then so there's a more recent movie. It's interesting to me. Like, Night of the Creeps does have the sort of gratuitous nudity that the 80s movies are sort of known for. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, how are we going to know that the female characters are vulnerable unless we see their nipples? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a uh, sexual bent to the violence in Slither that stood out to me on this yes. viewing. Um, <laughs> both when Grant is... Um, 
impregnating Brenda, um, which is basically a rape scene. The, uh, yeah, James Gunn flat out calls it a rape scene. Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, and then when, um, what's her name? Uh, has the slug in her mouth <laughs> and is oh, getting yes. flashes. Kylie? Yes, yeah. Kylie's mm-hmm. getting flashes of, uh, it's, it's, it's a blowjob scene. Yeah. Yeah, no, he also talked about that because originally her like little sister's were supposed to because they get infected and they were going to film them but he's like because of the kind of like sexual like nature of like how it seems and stuff like that it's just like no we're not we're not filming that with the children yeah. so yes um so yeah i uh, i don't know i i um i'm not a big fan of sexual violence in general and this is sort of on the on just on the line of like well it's not actual <laughs> sex yeah it's just an alien that's uh you know doing horrible things to people um but it very much has that that feeling when it's happening uh in the movie and i almost prefer just you know yeah we get some boobs in the movie and it's fine <laughs> yeah. but i don't know how do you feel about it um i guess because i also i saw this so long ago so it's not like uh, well i am watching it again i'm not really watching it for the first time right so it didn't really like bother me and i guess the fact that he also acknowledges that it is like kind of sexual and I guess it makes sense unless they're going to pierce your skin the way that they do Grant's skin in the in the very beginning mm-hmm. I suppose it would be the easiest way for something to get into your system is through your mouth yeah um, orifices <laughs> yes yeah uh yes the easiest I guess uh, way to access you but yeah so it didn't bother me so much I guess also because yeah he does address that it's like that one scene is like flat out rape, like it's alien rape. And yeah. then it was like, no, we are not going to involve the kids because of the way that this kind of like comes off. So mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't bother me too much. And like, I feel like if it were more, I, I wouldn't want more of it. But yes, they understand that there is like. Yeah. And also, you know, what? shout out to Night of the Creeps for being one of the few 80s movies that does not have their... Um, female character get groped by an, uh, some sort of creature yep. <laughs> in it because that happens a lot uh, back in the day um, less so now and I wouldn't even say I mean aside from the the rape and stuff like that but Elizabeth Banks character doesn't really get any sort of uh, you know she has consensual sex with the alien because who she thinks is her her husband so Although I don't know if it would really be consensual because she doesn't know that he's infected with an alien at the time. Eh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's no like nudity, you know, tentacle groping of the breasts type of thing that we no. would see in a lot of yeah, other movies. They're pretty conservative with her outfits. Like yeah. her, because she doesn't really wear like lingerie. She wears like a kind of like a sexy nightgown, but it's quite conservative. Yeah. It's kind of like looser fit, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So you don't really see anything. So yeah, they don't really overly sexualize her yeah in, definitely. in that way oh there's also both so in both of these movies the way that we are put defeating in quotes because we don't really right. <laughs> uh we're defeating our slug aliens is explosions mm-hmm. in both of them and that we don't really defeat them yes. in in either in either movie because of the poor poor animals <laughs> yeah not a, not great for cats. No. Either of these movies. Yeah, does the dog die.com. Yes, it does. <laughs> in both of these movies. <laughs> you also have like And a, the cats. Yeah, the zombie cat uh in Night of the Creeps. <laughs> and then you have a post-credit scene because it seems like we have a happy ending right, yeah. in Slither and then you have like a scene afterwards uh where the cat gets it. Yeah. So. Um yeah, well should should we get into Night of the Creeps here? Yes. 
Um, so uh, we start with uh, this sort of opening prologue that I kind of wanted to want to talk about both like almost two prologues actually because we get the little aliens running around the ship (laughs) (laughs) which just starts off the movie on honestly I think kind of a perfect note because they're funny looking you know they're these little naked aliens um (laughs) and they're just like here's what you're in in store for you know (laughs) um uh, it's, it's very B like sci-fi movie um and then we go to uh, this flashback to like the 50s where th- with these sorority girls and one of them goes out on a date and there's oh there's an escapee from the insane asylum <laughs> uh who's an axe murderer uh and and she gets uh killed by the axe murderer and at the same time we've got an alien (laughs) invasion happening with her boyfriend so it's a lot it's a lot to start off the movie with i think it works um and i feel like once we get like it is a kind of a long prologue but i think once we get to uh the modern day it doesn't take too long to and we get introduced to the characters it doesn't take too long to get going so i kind of like it i feel like it sets the right tone for the movie i do too i told producer ryan i'm like all right so in the first 10 minutes of the movie (laughs) we go from aliens to 1959 sorority row to 1986 pledge night yeah like in 10 minutes we have jumped to three different movies uh but it's great (laughs) no it is it's not a complaint it's really funny yeah um and then from there we're introduced to chris and jc um on uh sorority row and uh Chris is our main protagonist, and he sees uh, our love interest Cynthia from across the road, and, and like immediately falls in love with her. I um, do really like, well, JC in particular. I, I really like as a character, even though I think he can be a little grating with the the humor, but he does get some genuine laughs out of me, and I think he's a necessary uh, counter to Chris, who is a little bit too much of like. A sad boy like <laughs> overly like you know I would say romantic but it's almost not romantic like one of the scenes I'm thinking of is when he he hasn't even spoken to Cynthia yet and he's like I'm in love with this girl and JC's kind of like uh, I think you should maybe talk to her first yeah JC has more agency he's willing yeah. to kind of like yeah um so I do appreciate uh, JC being there as uh, sort of a, a counter to Chris uh, as a character. Um, Cynthia, how did you feel about Cynthia? She's a bit of a blank slate yeah. in this movie. Um, but again, in the 80s, it could have been worse. <laughs> That's how I feel about her, I think. <laughs> yeah, she could have been like really annoying. Yeah. You know, or, you know, just like screaming all the time. It just like that was her whole. But yeah. She's fine. Yeah. As a character. Um, so the. Chris becomes convinced that he needs to be on a frat in order to date Cynthia because he's dumb. Um, <laughs> and so the frat guys, and oh my God, can we talk about how the frat guys in this movie are all like at least 30 years yeah. old? <laughs> and also her boyfriend is like, he reminds me of the uh, guy in Lovecraft Country. <laughs> you know, the like, it's a very like... <laughs> Aryan looking yes. like um just over the top uh prep uh blonde white the whitest white man you've ever seen i guess yes. um but uh they uh want them to go and pick up a corpse from the 
lab, I guess, on, yeah, on it's campus. Not a, it's not a morgue. So yeah, it's, no. Yes. Uh, and drop it at their, like, their frat uh, rival's uh, dorm room or whatever. And they go and they find, uh, again, I feel like this works because of what we set up in the beginning of the movie. They find this lab where there is a, you know, it's very B-movie sci-fi. There's, like, a corpse in a frozen, like, cryogenic pod there yeah. on a college campus. <laughs> as, yeah, there's as, bodies and takes. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you had those at Chapman, right? <laughs> Weren't there just like labs that had bodies in them? And you could just easily walk in yeah. and steal one if you needed to yeah. for a prank. <laughs> so they push a bunch of buttons and let it out and then go running when they realize that it's moving on its own. Um, and then we uh, get our Tom Atkins introduction, who I absolutely love in this movie. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I love him so much. Uh, and he's just, he's also just his, in his own, like, noir detective movie throughout this whole thing. Like, I think we even get a shot from overhead where, like, the ceiling fan is spinning when we're introduced to him at some point. <laughs> um, but he was uh, the guy who, at the beginning of the movie, his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend was killed by the axe-wielding uh, psychopath from the escapee from the, the mental institution. Um and his uh, catchphrase in this movie is immediately introduced, which is thrill me, which he says, I believe, five times throughout the course of the movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, Cynthia eventually goes to them uh, because the corpsicle like, finds its way to her and then she's upset about it. So she goes to Chris and JC to talk to them about it. And then uh, we get the scene where JC is infected by the slugs uh, and ends up dying, which I also want to talk about. Um, because I feel like one of the reasons I love this movie a lot and I keep going back to it is that there is a surprising amount of pathos in particular in the relationship with Chris and JC. Uh, we have the scene earlier where Chris is sort of is complaining because JC makes a joke about everything and then JC like lays into Chris because he's just like... Uh, you know, just got this sad boy act on all the yeah. time, and and he's just like trying to to help him as best as he can because he loves him because he's his best friend, uh, and it's really sweet actually, yeah. <laughs> um, and it uh, makes it you know even more affecting. I think when uh, JC is infected later, he leaves a message for Chris, and Chris listens to it, and he you know gives him information about the slugs, but then he also says that oh he's also <laughs> disabled. I didn't mention that. Um, but uh, yeah, he uses crutches uh, and uh, in his meshes, he says that after he's infected. And I think he's the only character who actually talks after being infected by the slugs. Yeah, I can't remember. Because eventually, like basically they all just like become zombies essentially. That That's all it is. But yeah, the yeah. message is, yeah, I think that's the only one. And Slither, they can all talk, but they're all essentially the same consciousness. Like, they're all just Grant's consciousness. Yeah, it's just like it's a hive mind. Yeah. So all of them speak for Grant. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, he tells them that he, he walked for the first time and he's going to go down and to, like, the furnace of their dorm room or whatever to presumably to, to kill himself. Um, but it, it's really affecting and sad, I think. It's in in such a, a silly, you know, horror comedy. Uh, we have this this really, like sad death uh, of this uh you know comic relief character right in the middle of it to sort of give it weight yes um and then i just wanted to mention the scene uh where uh chris comes uh, back to detective uh cameron and um 
asked him for help and we realized that he was planning to blow himself up right before that <laughs> like like throughout this whole thing you like he's uh you kind of realize that that detective cameron is not just like this very manly like detective character but he's also like kind of nuts uh-huh. he has the whole monologue where he admits to tracking down the guy who killed his ex-girlfriend and murdering him himself in like vigilante justice yes. and then burying yeah. him yeah <laughs> no, he 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 wasn't alone no <laughs> are you by yourself oh no 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 no, no. i took my 12 gauge with me <laughs> Um, so he was about to commit suicide and Chris comes and asks him for help. So then they start stocking up on weapons and he goes to like the police, like the weapons cache or whatever guy. And he's like, I'm going to need a flamethrower yeah. and basically threatens the guy into giving him a yeah, flamethrower. Yeah, do you have the paperwork for this? <laughs> um, that guy, by the way, played by Dick Miller, a.k.a. Mr. Futterman from uh, <laughs> the Kremlins movies. <laughs> Uh, always fun to see him. And yeah, then we go and in the the climax of the movie is also great because we get Cynthia gets to be part of the fighting of the the slugs, which I really appreciate. She Mm -hmm. gets to hold the flamethrower. And it's it's a, you know, one two punch of shotgun to the head and then flamethrower when the when the worms pop out. Yes, because you shoot them and then their head splits open and then the (laughs) slugs come out uh, and then you set them on fire. Yeah. Detective uh, Cameron goes and uh, down to, oh, because there are jars of brains in the basement from one of the sorority girls' experiments. Yeah, you know for school. <laughs> Sometimes. You, yeah, you, you have, have like a bunch brains. of, yeah, a bunch of brains that you're going to use for school. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he gives a countdown and he in, is uh, pouring uh, the gasoline all over the place and we get the iconic thrill me from Chris uh, right before he blows up the whole place. Um, and yeah, that's Night of the Creeps. I did enjoy the touch where he had tape on his mouth because it's yeah. like, okay, so at least that's an idea so that they can't uh, get into your mouth. Yes. And then, did you notice Phil's diner? I did notice yeah. Phil's diner. <laughs> I had that written down. I was yeah. going to point it out. <laughs> Phil's diner, an iconic uh, NoHo institution, which uh, shows up in several film and yeah. TV uh, shows most notably for me is in the humbug episode of the x-files um, <laughs> and this movie <laughs> and uh yeah do i have any other let me see trivia we already went over all the names oh uh fred decker was asked why he made jc uh disabled uh and he said that it was he didn't really have a reason aside from that you don't really see it and you can make a movie with a character that's disabled without the story being about the fact that he's disabled which is true and is still very rare i feel like yeah. <laughs> uh tom atkins has said that when people come up to him on the street and ask him which movie he's made that is uh, his favorite he says that it's this one it's night oh. of the creeps he did say that on the night of the creeps dvd but <laughs> I think it's probably true. I feel like this is a was a very fun character to play. Oh yeah, yeah, because he has so many good lines. He just gets to be kind of just like over the top, yeah. you know. And 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 he also has this like crazy backstory with the the, <laughs> the girlfriend who was murdered and the vigilante justice and everything. Um, oh, there is in recent years there has been a, a, a sort of a, not a, really a theory, but a queer reading of the movie that sees JC as maybe more like a gay best friend. Um, 
I don't know that it's necessarily intentional on the part of Fred Decker, but it does fit surprisingly well into the movie. JC doesn't really express interest in any girls throughout the movie, and he does fall into a role that I think in more recent years we would see as a gay best friend. He's just like, he's just the sexless like wingman who's like, wants you to help you get laid, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think that combined with his, you know, very clear close relationship with, um, with Chris makes people maybe read it as like, oh, he's a gay best friend who maybe has a crush on his straight best friend or something like that, which I thought was interesting. And yeah, that's uh, that's what I got. All right. Well, when I make producer Ryan watch it, I'll have to think about that. How <laughs> he watch it. All right. So, uh, okay, just quick off the top. So cameos in Slither. Mm-hmm. We have Dustin Milligan. Uh I was going to ask if you saw, because I didn't know going in that that was like, I recognized him yes. from that like split second scene that he's in. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, is that? Yeah. That's Ted. That's Ted. Shit's <laughs> Creek as just like, you know, the perverted student that's just yeah. drawing his teacher naked <laughs> and like shows Kylie, his classmate as if like, yeah, you checking this out? Right. Like as like- if she's interested in your naked drawing of their teacher. <laughs> and then you have James Gunn who mm-hmm. plays Hank, <laughs> who teaches environmental studies, and uh, is talking about, you know, like house erosion, I'm sure, just like a scintillating conversation yeah. to Starla. <laughs> and then you have Rob Zombie as Dr. Carl. Oh. Uh, on the phone. Yeah, so Rob Zombie's on the on the phone. Uh, and then, okay, so I want to talk about Michael Rooker. Yeah. And his character uh-huh. in this <laughs> film, who goes through quite the transformation. It's, it's a journey, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so starts out no makeup. I mean, you know, outside of just like regular uh, makeup. But he, well, I guess I'll start with his friendship with James Gunn. So he is in Slither. He is in James Gunn's film Super, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, and The Suicide Squad. And which we, uh, has just come out, if people will be listening to this later, but that just came out like a week ago. Yes. As we're recording this. Yes. So, yeah. So he's in, uh, like, almost all of his movies. Um, but they seem to have, like, this great friendship. And he's talking about mm-hmm. how, like, he, like, is kind of like a kid. Like, he broke his glasses doing, like, martial arts just in, like, his own time. Just, like, off screen. But then he'll come also with, like, a lot of, like, notes and ideas and things like that when he, he's coming to work. And I think Nathan Fillion described, I think it was Nathan Fillion that was, like, he's just fearless as an actor. So they they really liked him. But so he starts out the movie as just uh, like a jealous casually racist husband who yeah. genuinely loves his wife yeah it, it it's interesting because it's they do make him like a, a very complex character in the short amount of time mm-hmm. that we uh spend with him before he gets infected by yeah. the alien it's like i feel like it would have been easy just to make him like a shitty husband uh, who you know is you know, doesn't want to hear it when his wife doesn't want to, you know, have sex with him um, and maybe overreacts or something like that. But they don't. He he sort of gets up and he walks away uh, in a way that suggests that this is the first time that he's expressed genuine frustration with her not yeah. uh, wanting to have sex. And she feels bad enough that she wants to make it up to him the next day. Mm-hmm. He has an opportunity to cheat, but he doesn't take it. 
so it's kind of like he's not the best guy like he's still yeah like, like you said he's very jealous and and uh racist and and things but he's also not the worst he's not a, a complete monster before all this yeah. happens it's interesting that like there is so little time of him before he gets infected but they have really kind of flushed out all these like layers to his character before yeah. he just gets taken over <laughs> but so yes when he is out and uh hanging out with Brenda and it seems like he's going to cheat even though he doesn't the initial parasite punctures punctures him and goes into his body mm-hmm. so that starts out as just what he calls a bug bite <laughs> <laughs> on himself and then as it is like taking over his body one scene of him that I really enjoy is when he has the leaves in the basement he's creating this little like basement full of like meat oh, yes. and animals and stuff like that and he's created this pile of leaves and much like an animal like a dog uh-huh. or like a cat might do just like settling in and like making their little nest he's just like rolling around <laughs> and, like getting it comfy he just has to I just really enjoy Michael Rooker just on the floor in the leaf just like really like settling in um to that so yes so yes he's got his weird animals in the basement uh, and then it like starts to like take over his face. He's got like the boils kind of and his head is getting his getting bigger and stuff. And uh, he's like mostly human still. But then we get like his his weird arm where he gets angry and tries to kill Starla. Mm-hmm. And then three days later after we're, we're calling him a squid. Uh, <laughs> It's really taking over. So now he is mostly alien, weird creature with like stuff growing. Like mostly he's like face. Even his teeth have extended into like really sharp, long. It's some crazy, awesome monster like just visuals in this movie. Um, Super gross, but but cool. (laughs) It is, yeah. So that's practical when he is in the field. So I guess it's all practical. And then to get the little. I don't know what you would like. They're not tentacle. Either. Anyway, he's got like long things coming off of him. Yeah. There's just people that are moving those and then they just um, erased the people. So that's how they, that's how they did that. Um, but yeah, and then at that point he can't speak anymore. He can only kind of just make, make noises. Yeah. Um, and then has to use other people to be his voice to, to speak through them. And then, at the end, he is both hairy and slimy <laughs> and has taken over. He is just, just kind the of the worst become, of both worlds. <laughs> yes, become like one with the house. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's just sort of all over it. And then people are just fusing with his alien mass. Yeah. And also, in, again, in a weirdly sexual way, like the, the sort of pulsing yes. that's happening as they're like yeah. <laughs> fusing into his body. <laughs> All becoming, becoming one. But he also has to do a lot. I can't imagine like the makeup chair also that he would have to go through just the amount of time that he would have to sit for all yeah. these things to happen. Uh. But he also has to still be very emotional mm-hmm. throughout. So, like, even in the the scene where they, like, have sex for the first time once he's been taken over and he's crying, James Gunn is talking about how, like, he's crying because this this alien has never experienced this, like, this kindness and this love, like, from someone. So he's just crying during that scene. And then even at the end, he's, like, so emotional, I feel like, and then he gets, like, betrayed. So Michael Rooker has to do a lot of different... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the, I mean, the scene, in particular, the shot right before she shoots him, 
where you have these close-ups of her face and his face and like it's funny <laughs> like it is funny because it's so dramatic and he looks like a, a, you know a half slug but it's also like as actors he had to play that you know completely straight and you can see that in their faces like he there's still a piece of him there that she has to, to just you know sacrifice basically yeah. in order to destroy this thing and it's which is really sad <laughs> So, yeah, everybody does a good job, but it's just, like, the amount that he has to do from, like, this weird, like, jealous to then he's just, like, a crying alien mass. Like, it just, there's a lot in between there. Yeah. He's had quite the, <laughs> quite the journey. And then, like, some small things I wanted to point out. So, in uh, our murder basement, eventually, <laughs> when Starla, like, breaks into it and he has these animals and, like, hanging and stuff like that, there's a bunch of coyotes hanging and then a little label that says coyotes on it <laughs> because it's just like all right so it, there's just stuff everywhere but it's like it's labeled <laughs> it's his murder basement he's, is very organized organized yes <laughs> and then i enjoy also the map when the police are trying to figure out where grant has been or like where they think he's going and mm-hmm. they've just got the squids, squids. <laughs> on the map for it I, I enjoy that and then I have some quotes written down that I, I really enjoy from the movie so I have Wally in reference to how Party just has been in love with Starla since they were kids mm-hmm. uh, just like, surprised you're able to lift that mug you've been carrying that torch so long <laughs> I enjoy that mm-hmm. uh, I have like he says then later when he is you know joking to Starla when Party is he's like trying to get a buzz on but I can't I'm too buff <laughs> got too much muscle mass it's this yeah this is peak like charming Nathan Fillion in this yes. movie <laughs> yeah it's kind of surprising honestly that he apparently had just did not have game with Starla <laughs> uh, in their youth because he, who, who wouldn't fall for that Nathan Fillion I, I don't know I don't know <laughs> and then uh when Jenna Fisher is party secretary named Shelby and he's like Shelby and she's not responding and they're just in the middle of this terrible like you know outbreak of all these like slugs and stuff like that and they're all just trying to like (laughs) run for their lives and she is just completely separate and he's like worried that she's not responding (laughs) and then she eventually responds after he's like Shelby she's like there is a skeeter in here driving me bonkers because <laughs> her biggest problem is a mosquito that is just loose in the office. And then uh, again, because of the high stress situation and the mayor is just going to take it out on the, he can't get the soda that he wants. He's looking in the cooler in the, the car. Mr. Pibb scene. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Where is my Mr. Pibb? I told your secretary to pick up Mr. Pibb. It's the only Coke I like. <laughs> Uh, and then the last things that I've written down. So it's not really like on paper that they're the funniest lines, but the way that Elizabeth Banks has to play them for Starla in the situation of she is just trying to make the best of the situation mm-hmm. and save it and calm down Grant as this, you know, alien version like yeah. of himself and everything. Uh, when she's in the house and he has become one with the house and there's like photos of them up everywhere, but there's also <laughs> just like, Lime. yes just like gross like stuff everywhere and she she's just like you did a real nice job decorating baby like she's just trying to say something she's nice trying to yeah like 
you know, it's this, the whole like make make nice with your captor, yes, so that you can survive. Type yes, thing. even in the in the woods, right before he like splits the guy down the middle and freaks out. Yeah, and she's just trying to calm him down in the in the <laughs> field. It's just like marriage is a sacred bond. <laughs> she's like doing the best, as if they can work it out, as if her with this guy with all these things coming off of his body and he's got like teeth that have now gone on to another part and are giant fangs and it's just like we can work this out we can make this work (laughs) i made a vow you're just sick (laughs) yeah yeah well it's fine yeah we can fix it there is i we don't really get a scene like that in night of the creeps but i do appreciate when cynthia comes out to (laughs) what she thinks is going to be a breakup conversation with her boyfriend but she does not look at him in the face before she starts her speech and then he's just like behind her while she's talking spewing slugs out of his mouth (laughs) it's great (laughs) uh so then for the trivia uh, so Jenna Fisher was married to James Gunn at the time, and she was not originally part of the cast. And the actor that was that had her role uh, asked to be released from the contract because they had they were got offered to shoot a pilot, and so James Gunn let them go, and then he hired Jenna Fisher to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, then she became really popular because of The Office in the time from when they. Oh, they this is pre The Office. That yeah, he so cast her. so it's just like she became really famous, and then it's like they- okay, James Gunn. Hold on, first of all, that means that he did not originally write a role for Jenna Fisher, his no. wife, in this movie. Come on, James Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but she's great. She's great in the movie, and then she is the one who ended up going on the Tonight Show to promote yeah. the movie, even though she has like a very tiny role in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then. The woman who plays Brenda, she suffers from both claustrophobia and like a meat phobia. Oh no. So she had a real problem in the scene where she is just sort of like a giant balloon. Yeah. Because she's just filled with with slugs. So and then she has to pretend to eat, you know, meat. And she's just sort of, uh, her face has been, you know, put into this giant thing. So it's like she was dealing with some claustrophobia and some some meat issues that she's just supposed oh. to eat like dead animals. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> that poor girl. And then Michael Rooker, he apparently dislocated his arm in that scene where he's got like the the long arm and he like chokes Starla, the heavy prosthetic mm. that he's supposed uh. to wear from his like long arm. I guess he dislocated it. He didn't tell James Gunn at the time. I guess James Gunn found out like later. Uh but yeah, so he just, like, just from the heavy press, which I didn't know was real. I mean, I guess they tried to do, you know, it sounds like as many practical things as they as they could mm-hmm. in it, but I just assumed it was digital. But no, I guess it was. Uh, I, I felt like, yeah, there was enough weight there that I, it, I felt like it was practical, but yeah. I did not think about the effect that it would have on your actual arm yeah. when you're wearing a super heavy, like, tentacle thing yeah. <laughs> on your arm. Yeah. But yeah, so that is my stuff for Slither. Nice. All right. You want to talk about food? Yeah. So I didn't have that many ideas, to be honest, for this. Uh, obviously, gummy slugs <laughs> would be um, very on theme for both of these movies. Uh, they do sell giant slugs, by the way. I found some online, giant gummy slugs. Mm. They're like six bucks for like a six inch long like a slug. <laughs> um or you can get little ones. I think they're Harry Potter brand. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> jelly slugs. Um, I thought it would be fun for uh, 
Night of the Creeps to make a drink in a coconut shell because when we are first introduced yes. to Tom Atkins, he is in a dream sequence uh, on a beach uh, having a beautiful woman deliver a coconut drink to him uh, and then sees his dead girlfriend uh, off in the uh, in the waves because he's not not well but <laughs> <laughs> just coming out of the water dry yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is again very you know very sort of retro uh, in, in its feel it feels almost like an old uh, like musical number or something like that the yeah. way she emerges from the water um but uh i tried to think of something some sort of pun that i could make uh with the coconut drink and the best i could come up with was a thrill mina colada <laughs> i like that um or there is a drink called a painkiller uh, a coconut drink called mm-hmm. a painkiller and killer i thought would work for yes to go along with them um, Slither. Slither. Yeah, I, I was watching it and I was like, oh, you could do something that's like flamethrower inspired, like something that's charred from oh, like a yeah. flamethrower or like because of the smoke gets in your eyes, like something like smoky mm-hmm. um, because of that. So, um, but for Slither, like you have, obviously there's a lot of meat. Yes. And you have Mr. Pib and you could do like a Mr. Pib sort of barbecue sauce, like for some meat. But I was going to do, and I didn't have time this week, I wanted to do little like cake bites for... The, that were like shaped like slugs and I was thinking oh, yeah. it'd be fun to do almost like a mirror glaze on them so they look slimy slimy and gross <laughs> um but yeah or you could just do you know kind of like like chocolate that's kind of like different color like shades of like red and like browns and stuff like that but mm-hmm. yeah I feel like the mirror glaze would look really really gross yeah so yeah and then we love gross foods on here yeah <laughs> well I guess we uh based on the movies that we pick yeah <laughs> then okay so I wanted to ask you oh yeah if you had because in often in horror movies and like films like this we have a high body count Mm -hmm. in these films do you have like a favorite kill from either one of these movies because we have some good ones I feel like you have uh Mm -hmm. like that bitch is hardcore like Starla (laughs) like with the steak yeah you have like Brenda being torn apart you have like uh, Grant splitting that guy oh, open. Oh, yeah, with that's his my favorite one from Slither. The tentacle kill with the split uh, in half. Yeah, <laughs> of course. He, because it, it's 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 the delay that that makes it yes. so good. Because it happens, he sort of furrows his brow, and you see the little incision when he furrows his brow, and then his stomach just splits open, and all of his intestines fill out. I guess those are real. Those are, they, the intestines oh, are practical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's, yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, like even in, so like Night of the Creeps, it's like you have a lot of like shotgun parasite flamethrowers. Yeah. You also have like the woman killed with the axe, mm-hmm. uh, the lawnmower to the face, which I enjoy. <laughs> it's great. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's then, the, the old uh, corpse that, you know, the old killer that, that comes back to life that that uh, the detective has to kill again. Yes. Because he's kind of the worms in his brains and I appreciate all the you know the shots through him that just don't don't stop him uh, at first and you've got like the light shining through the bullet yeah. holes is great <laughs> and then I just want to mention uh as a last one the hairspray and the cigarette yes <laughs> because it is the 80s uh, so the hairspray and the cigarette to create a flamethrower I, I enjoyed <laughs> yes so yeah all right well if you have nothing else that you wanted to mention nope 
that's it for me all right well then do you want to tell people where they can find us and what the theme of the next episode will be so you can find us at uh, movie underscore matchup on instagram or at sugarednerd.com and uh, tune in next time where the theme will be it's not retro it's canadian and as always corpses that have been dead for 27 years do not go for a walk by themselves (laughs) 